On today's episode of She's Not Crazy, we have a fascinating guest. His name is David Yep, and he went from being a missionary, studying to be a priest, to mission-oriented in the business world. He's an entrepreneur, he is a confidence coach, and he's an author. Listening to how you can pivot and not allow your past to determine your future. All right, Dave, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I am just fascinated by your story. You have come from such a diverse background of going from seminary and being mission-oriented to now being mission-oriented in the business world and being really successful as an entrepreneur, a coach, an author, all of the above. So tell us a little bit about your story. Like, how did you get here today? That's hilarious. It's a pleasure to be here with you, too. Yeah. I, I, you know, people ask me to describe myself and I always kind of feel like Renaissance man, but it's like, yeah. I feel like I'm appropriating. Like, yeah. am I allowed to say I'm a Renaissance man or is that something <laughs> that someone says about you that yeah. you're a Renaissance man? Um, boy, how did I get here today? It's been quite a path. Um, you know, at, at my young age, I sometimes look back and it feels like I've lived, you know, five different lifetimes. Yeah. Uh, I was actually joking with my wife because we're coming up on five years living where we're at. Yeah. I have not lived in the same place for five years since I was 10 years old. Wow. Um, left home when I was 13, went to boarding school. I joined the seminary. I was studying to become a Catholic priest and uh, I was a missionary for 13 years. Wow. Went overseas, uh, lived in Germany, Spain, Italy, Austria, um, which sounds so exotic now yeah, when I say it yeah. because I've kind of like been reconditioned into yeah, the world. Yeah, you've lived somewhere five years. You're... <laughs> Absolutely, right? Now it's like, well, yeah. who, who does yeah, that? Yeah. Um, it's funny because I talk to people and they're like, oh, you know, I, I lived in Lamont and I've, I grew up in Lamont. I got, you know, went to grade school, high school in Lamont and I've lived here and my, my yeah. bucket list item is to go to Europe. And, yeah. Um, to have been blessed with all that travel. Um, so anyway... Missionary for many years, uh, decided that ministry wasn't for me. Um, yeah. Talk more about that, but mission still is for me. And so I felt the calling to continue the mission in the business world. Yeah. So I ended up going for an MBA in entrepreneurship. And since then, it's kind of been one entrepreneurial undertaking after another and always with the goal of changing the world. And yeah. You can relate to that. You Absolutely. That's mission. awesome. Absolutely. Totally. I love that mission orientation towards the business like what do you think are some of the things that you took away from your spiritual life and developing yourself and almost becoming a priest yeah to what kind of qualities or what kind of things do you think those keyed you up for the success that you have now in a business setting yes we were just talking about this yeah uh, we we're talking you know off, yeah. the, off the off the record or pre pre-filming yeah. and uh you know that concept of religion and spirituality is not necessarily like a means to an end it's an yeah. end in itself yeah and you know the the things that we learn in spirituality it's it's honing in on the spiritual side of ourselves which makes us better at everything we do yeah. like i'm sure for yeah. you as a therapist yeah like when you're centered and you're in self it makes you better in a session right yeah yeah definitely do you feel like you incorporate like your relationship so you're saying spirituality versus religion do you feel like you incorporate the relationship that you developed with God and all that, does that apply? Do you bring that over to business? Like, or do you, like, how does that, how does that translate? Yeah, I, it happens in both a, a very external way mm -hmm. and it happens in an internal way. So I think in the external way, like 
the way that we sh the way that we run a business um, has very concrete applications. Yeah. So we talk about the dignity and respect that every human being deserves, and so yeah. that's a that's a Catholic Christian principle that yeah. every human being. It's not just Catholic, but yeah. Christian actually. I yeah. Probably yeah, every religion in the world believes yeah. that you know people have yeah. inherent dignity, but when you believe that then there are very concrete applications in how you run a business you yeah. know choosing people over profits yeah um doing things in the business you know we we recently had a, a situation which is super difficult actually we had a, a very high performing individual who was in the company and the opportunity for upside was incredible like the, the revenue growth was yeah. going to be and then there were some instances where he wasn't living according to company culture yeah. and was doing things that we don't consider ethically. Like yeah. professionally, it's not necessarily yep. bad, I know exactly. yep. but ethically yeah. and, and your stance on people, it doesn't, it doesn't jive. And yeah. so to be able to make that decision and say, hey, we're going to part ways because this is not who we are. So I think those are kind of the external ways yeah. Yeah. that we incorporate kind of our beliefs. But then the internal ways are much more important to me. And it's kind of like, for me, like, what does spirituality mean? What does it mean to be in union with God? And then how do I show up in a different way for my yeah. employees, for my customers? Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'd be curious to hear from your perspective, like, as a therapist, like, what what do you do differently, you know, when you know that you're in sync with your spiritual side? Like, yeah. Do you show up differently when yeah. you go to a, a yeah. session? Yeah. Or is it kind of all the same? And, yeah, and... definitely. I think my faith for me in the counseling realm is always a good tool and you know obviously I don't always bring it in um, to the content of a session but I feel like with my believing in a bigger higher being and having a relationship with God myself I find that it kind of opens me up like a vessel where I'm able to and I'd say the biggest thing that and I don't know if this separates me from other therapists who don't have a faith because I think there's many great uh, professionals out there but I think the biggest thing for me is it opens me up to love. And I think mm -hmm. that like, you know, when we look at like how deeply rooted in my faith or my faith journey was that loving all people and the least of these and the people that are down and they're struggling and they're, you know, um, grieving and they're um, sad or depressed, that I'm able to kind of open myself up to a love that I believe is bigger than just what I have inside of me. So I think that like, channels through and I think I also though have taken that into um, with my employees like I'll say stuff like I love you yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know and I um, and I mean it and I think it's part of my mission <clears throat> on my end is to um, really bring more love and joy into the world but mainly love you know and I think we all think it's a missing ingredient for a lot of things and um, but it sounds like it's, with you I'm oh, yeah. sorry no yeah. I, I have to go on that because I think for you to talk about love, it's a very misunderstood concept, actually. In fact, when I, you know, I've been doing my own work and, and kind of my own publishing and creating videos and stuff, and to use the term love, it's almost like it's overused mm -hmm. because I feel like we throw so many things into this category of yeah. love. But if you allow me, like your concept of being a vessel, like combining those two, like love and being a vessel, to me, that's a super powerful equation because I do really see love as that ability to connect yeah. with somebody yeah like it's not just this lovey like this, yeah. this fluffy it's, thing like yep. love yeah it's like hey i can connect with you yes but i can only connect with you when i am truly in that place of self yeah. when i'm truly living in the best version of myself then like that connection can happen absolutely and, and I, absolutely well and i think i what i hear from you is that you are living that into your business life as well with taking that you know the devout 
part of you that was like on your way to becoming a priest and you loved your faith and you loved, you know, the mentors that were ahead of you and following those kind of principles, you had to put your money where your mouth is, like with that employee that was yes, doing sir. well and all that stuff. But you, at the end of the day, and in my mind, that is sort of encompassing love too, because in doing that, you're staying true to your compass and you're also making sure that you're protecting your fellow employees yep. and keeping the culture there, but you're also protecting clients and you're protecting, you know, the overall um, integrity of your business. And at the end of the day, people can feel that. And I think yes. that really does. I think we're all so inundated with, you know, advertising commercials and fake and, you know, everything's filtered and looks perfect. But I think what people are really craving is the real. Yeah. Um, and so this, it makes sense that you've done so well bringing that over. People can feel it. Yeah. And I think that's something you, you know, that is really the way that you bring it in. And, and for me, I think there was a disconnect between the spiritual, the mental, and the physical. Yeah. And, you know, even even the questions, they like, how do you bring the spiritual in? Like, we almost look at it, we almost look at it as a separate part of ourselves, as yeah. opposed to seeing the integration of the human person, which is body, mind, and spirit. Yeah. And admittedly, like, when I was in the seminary, it was hyper-focused on the spiritual side of us. Sure. Like, it was hyper-focused on the religious side. Actually, the mental piece is, is really fascinating, and we can kind of dive into that, because I, I had a very intense mental training but I would say it completely neglected the physical side from a standpoint of That's like yeah. not being in tune to yeah. my body and not being in tune yeah. to what my body. And, and I feel like, you know, as you talk, like people can feel when you're connected, they can feel when you're in the zone. Yeah. And so how do you bring spirituality into the business world? How do you bring spirituality into anything? It's, it's being in that place that will allow someone to feel like, Hey, you are totally here for me now. Yeah. Yeah. You are here and that allows that connection to happen. And, that connection, it's it's a superpower. Like yeah. it, it makes miracles happen. You know, yeah. you read books like The Art of the Deal or, or The Power of Negotiation, things like that. Like, in my opinion, what allows that stuff to happen is to be in that place yeah. where someone can feel I'm totally here for you and that allows us yeah. to connect. And then, exactly. you know, it's from like there. Authenticity. It's, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Authenticity. You know, it's interesting you said that there was a big part of the mental component of yeah. the, when you're in your training and for priesthood what was that like what would that i that that intrigues me it's powerful actually uh lauren to think about it because i didn't appreciate it at the time um so i was with a very specific congregation in the catholic mm -hmm. church the legionaries of christ and the legionaries um similar to the jesuits maybe mm -hmm. people are familiar with the jesuits like they had a very long formation period and so it would actually take 12 to 14 years to become a priest. Wow. Which in a normal, you know, parish or church yeah. like you would see in the neighborhood, it takes like five to six. Wow. So it's a much longer process. Yeah. And a lot of that was trying to prepare us to deal or to be able to relate to people in all walks of life. Mm. So we wanted to be able to evangelize to a poor person on the street, yeah. but we wanted to be able to evangelize to a super wealthy business person yeah. or a politician. Yeah. And so to have that intellectual capability was an important part of the of our of our training yeah and so my earliest kind of recollections like there was a huge emphasis on the classics so we latin and greek mm -hmm. so i can read latin wow. i can understand classical latin cool. right which sounds cool. so useless yeah and you know for practical purposes it is kind of useless <laughs> like it's, it's just a fun yeah. like random yeah. fact like i can yeah. read latin and then we study greek but learning the classics has a way of structuring your brain in a way that we don't often realize and so you know, we talk about the ability to compartmentalize, like that 
studying of the classical language has an incredible capacity to structure your brain. And so when I go through my day, like I can be extremely um, compartmentalized. And now the organization and the efficiency, um, we used to talk a lot about mental clarity and things like meditation, which yeah. we didn't call it, well, we did call it meditation, yeah. but not in the same way that you, yeah. we would talk about meditation. Yeah. It had that ability to, to train your brain to be quiet. Mm -hmm. And so here's something that I'm always fascinated talking to mental health professionals is that I feel like there's a big focus on mental illness, yeah, but not necessarily a focus on mental health. Yeah. And we only kind of apply mental health to the people who are mentally ill. Yeah. Like how many of your clients come to you as, hey, I'm doing great. I want to improve my mental capacity. Or is it typically yeah. people who come and say, I'm having a problem yeah. and I need to fix the problem. Yeah. Yes? No, it's a great question. I always say, it's funny, I, I so uh, agree with what you're saying. I always say, you don't have to be doing bad to want to do better. There, I like that. And so I think I totally jive with that of, you know, a lot of the mental health tools and a lot of the things we can do to improve just our mental clarity yeah. and our ability to, you know, harness our temper, our moods, yes. all of that. Um, you don't have to be down and out to be able to uh, do better with those things. And I do think, though, I think the industry in general is turning more to mm. a uh, holistic, more inviting area. But I think um, it's it's a I do think it started off as there's a problem. I need to fix it. Yes. Um, and then from there, you can kind of go on. So that's so interesting that so you've brought along the, I, I would not have thought of it, but it makes a lot of sense that there's a lot of almost like mental health training in becoming a priest. Yeah. At least, at least in the, yeah. the, the exposure or yeah. background that I had, you yeah. know, so much of it was, you know, the ability to do public speaking and how yeah. do you control your nerves? Like, yeah. you know, you're, you're on camera, we're on camera now. Yeah. Like, how do I not get nervous? Yeah. Um, I remember actually a super fascinating uh, exercise that we did. We were doing a public speaking class. Have you ever seen, um, what's the movie, Dead Poets Society? Yeah. Okay, so it was kind of like that because we, we actually, we were in Rome, there were all sorts of public speaking courses and we defected and we asked for permission to form our own group uh, without a professor. And okay. so we were gonna teach ourselves. So, you know, oh my gosh, totally, right? yeah. Rebellious, yeah, like yeah, we're gonna do yeah. this ourselves and we wanted to help each other. And so we set up a framework for how we were going to deal with, with each other. And it was this concept of we're going to give each other raw feedback okay. in a very hard way. You know, something that also doesn't happen in the professional yeah, world. Like yeah. how often as an executive do you get true feedback from your peers because yeah. they're scared or from your employees. Yeah. So we set up this quarter, sort of sanctuary where we could deal with each other. And I remember once I was giving a talk, um, a practice, you know, talk to my, to my peers. And in the middle of it, um, my friend interrupted me and he's like, hey, what's your favorite memory of your dad? And I was like what do you like what's your problem like what do you nothing to do with the topic i'm yeah. talking about but i answered him because it was kind of part of the rules and i started telling him about my dad and he's like stop he's like your tone of voice just completely changed because now you were in this space of authenticity yeah when you were public speaking you were public speaking yeah. david you were this persona yeah as opposed to this is the authentic you who's talking about something that's so near and dear to your heart and so that's a that's a very concrete example yeah. i think of the mental health, the, the being in that space of authenticity. Yeah. And so not separating the spiritual, not separating the mental and not separating the physical yeah. allows you then to be more of a conscious leader in that business world. I love that. Well, and on that like personal level, like what was it like for you going from this dream of becoming a priest and 
um, that pivot point. Mm. What was that like for you? What was the moment that you shifted? Like, what was that like for you, an experiential way to make such a big change in your life? That's a that's a that's a deep question. It was soul it was soul crushing. Yeah. Honestly, it was soul crushing because I had this ideal like it was my lifelong dream. Yeah. So there's a lot of guys who were in the seminary with me who, you know, they kind of felt pressured to go or felt like a sense of guilt like if they didn't go they were going to burn in hell or whatever, you yeah, know. Yeah. I actually wanted to become a priest. Like I loved the idea of the priesthood. I loved the idea of ministering to people. I loved the idea of, you know, the sacraments which is such a part of Catholic yeah. theology. And so I was all in. And, and I was a very, very zealous seminary and I, I, you know, followed the rules to the T. And in some ways they might, you know, my colleagues might disagree, but I was kind of the poster boy of yeah. seminaries because I was yeah. very charismatic, enthusiastic, yeah. followed yeah. the rules, you know, 100% heart. But I had this problem since I was a kid, which was I craved physical touch. You know, I craved the idea of of having a family and I didn't yeah. even know it at the time like yeah. I, I thought this was something that I could overcome there you go the separation from the physical yeah yeah like I had this these physical desires which you know yeah. in plain layman's terms like I had sexual desires yeah which within the context of the priesthood of the Catholic priesthood that's it's not allowed it's contradictory it's yeah. contradictory right yeah. and you're going to live you're going to dedicate and there's reasons for yeah. that like there's theological explanations sure absolutely why, yeah. but i was in this constant state of conflict yeah yeah like i want to give my life for the world mm -hmm. like i want to be there to yeah. serve people but i have this desire and this need for affection and this yeah. need to have somebody yeah. who i could call my own and someone yeah. who you know could could satisfy those yeah. physical desires yeah and so i came to a point after 13 years where i realized like I was never going to be rid of this. Yeah. And it was going to either torment me and drive me crazy. Yeah. Or I would have to choose a different path. Yeah. And when the time came where I realized like, hey, I, 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 I can't do it. Yeah. It was soul crushing. Like I felt like a failure. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was called by God to be a priest, but I'm not able to overcome my physical yeah. inclinations. Yeah. And so, hey, you, you're, you're getting kicked out. Like you're failing, right? Yeah. And like so you're bringing the bell for the boot camp. That's, you know? that's such yeah. a great example, right? Mm -hmm. The Navy SEALs, like mm -hmm. you're going and you're, you're throwing in the towel mm -hmm. where it's like, Hey, if I just had a little more grit, if I could white knock mm -hmm. a little, a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't. And, and, you know, I'm grateful at the time to the superiors who kind of helped me see that and say, Hey, yeah. this isn't going to work. Yeah. But to me, I remember sitting on that plane. And so there were two plane rides, actually. One, I, w I was in Vienna, and I flew to Germany mm -hmm. um, to go talk to my superior, and he was basically, like, give, delivering the message, you can't continue. Like, this yeah. is not going to work. And Lauren, I felt like such a failure. I felt like, okay, you know, I have this mission. I want to do all these things. And I'm also looking at God, actually, at yeah. that point. I'm saying, like, why? Yeah. Like, you know, we, we all go yeah. through those phases of, of like, course, some of my yeah. stuff, or, like, why, why me? But it wasn't that. It was more like how do I reconcile these two? Yeah. How do I reconcile this desire to serve humanity yeah. and to be loved, to be a vessel yeah. of love, yeah. but also want sexual connection yeah. and want physical connection yeah. and want to have a family. Yeah. So I remember that plane ride going and then I remember the plane ride back. Actually, I flew from Germany to Poland, which is just fun to recollect all yeah. these you know, different places because the community was in Poland. So I went there and I remember sitting for the first time of thinking like, you know what? It's actually going to be really cool to be a dad. Oh, like yeah. it's going to be really cool yeah. to be a father and it's really yeah. going to be really cool to have a family. And all of a sudden I felt this a profound sense of freedom. Yeah. And a lot of what I talk about in my brand is the concept of being uncollared. So I, I wore a collar oh, yeah, right. for, for many years yeah. because I was, you know, yeah. I was a seminary and there's pictures of me back yeah. in the seminary days where I got yeah. this collar. And I realized that 
I can still have the same mission yeah. without being a missionary. Yeah. And I can still touch lives. I can still be that vessel of love, even though it's not in the context of the seminary. Yeah. And so there's a profound sense of freedom that yeah. came with that. Yeah. And a lot of what I talk about now is how can we as humans find freedom from all of those things that keep us from being vessels of love? Absolutely. Like when I deal with somebody yeah. and it's not authentic, it's either me not being free yeah. because something's holding me back and it can be any number yeah. of things. Like yeah. I want to, I want to make a good impression on you yeah. in this podcast yeah. or I, yeah. I want the filmers to get the right thing. And yeah. so I'm, I'm hyper conscious yeah. of what I need yeah. to say in order to show up as opposed to being in that space of true me. Yeah. And then if we don't connect, maybe it's also you. Yeah. Maybe absolutely. you're held back by yeah. something that doesn't allow you to be free. Yeah. Because maybe you're thinking like, oh, how am I looking right now on yeah. camera or, yeah. or, you know, yeah. what do I have so to say? Yeah. Or, yeah. Like, we, we do that all yeah. day long. Absolutely. And so, the message of freedom, the message of, of finding what are those things that hold us back in order to be those vessels of love, that's kind of my mission now. I no yeah. longer wear a collar, yeah. but it's still ministering to people. It's still that mission of helping humanity continue to evolve. So. Yeah. No, I love it. It's, a, it's, a, it's like you took the mission of being a father and a the, lot of the principles of being a priest and being, you know, like conveying love to other people and just did it in a little bit of a different way. And I think it's so cool to listen because I think sometimes people think that, you know, especially when I'm like talking to, you know, um, people coming out of college or or even, or people go, think about going back to work. It's like, well, you, you feel like your career path should follow one straight line yes. or even your life follow one yes, straight line. Like yes. when we lose a spouse or when we, you know, lose a job or we, feel called to a totally different direction. You know, it feels like, you know, where have I gone wrong or have I failed? And I think it's really cool to see the success of just like, you felt so passionate and you were the poster child. And yet there was something inside of you that you had to honor yeah. and that it wasn't, didn't make it wrong. It just made your path kind of turn. Yes. Do you feel like there was a moment with God when your like path turned that you felt that it sounds like you felt that freedom on the plane ride back. It came later. Do you, when do you think that came? Like yeah, what was that like? It came later. I remember the moment actually yeah. is, uh, uh, you know, um, in Catholic, in Catholic spirituality, they talk about St. Paul. So Saul was the persecutor yeah. of the Christians. Yeah. And, and then he had his conversion experience where he saw God and, you know, became Paul. He changed his name mm -hmm. from Saul to Paul. So I haven't changed my name yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that. Maybe, maybe I'll yeah. officially be Dave now instead of David. Yeah. Um, but I had a moment like that too. And it comes down to Lauren, you know, I, I remembered very clearly, I still try to work within this very strict framework mm -hmm. and you know, in Catholicism, in any religion, actually, probably for you, similar as a therapist. Like, yeah. I look at therapy and I would never want to go into it because there's so many, like, restrictions. Like, there's so many things you yeah. can't say because yeah. it's outside the boundaries of yeah. what you're allowed. But you just, you give the example of telling an employee that you love them. Mm -hmm. Like, every HR person on the planet would Which, say, I know. Oh. They always, they're always like, what are you doing? Correct, yeah. right? Yeah. And I understand that because yeah. I understand where it came from. And right. so many of the things that exist in society and in religion, like they were, they were built to help us. Yeah. They were tools, but we get lost in those tools yeah. and we don't evolve beyond that. Yeah. You know, as a dad, I'm sure you have the experience too as a mom. Like there are things when your kids are little, you say, don't do this Yeah. because you're not capable. Like don't climb that wall because you're going to fall. Yeah. But when is that moment? when you allow your child to climb the wall, knowing that yes, they may fall, yeah, but they also might succeed. Yeah. 
and then you allow that boundary to kind of fall away yeah and you trust your child to follow their compass that you talked yeah. about and make that discernment for themselves yeah and so to answer your question i had this moment of saying you know what i actually have this compass inside me that god gave me mm-hmm. you know, jesus says the kingdom of heaven is within and i truly believe that you and i we have this heart which yeah. has this ability to truly find our way and so it was this letting go of kind of this structure that i had adhered to for vast part of my life yeah yeah know? and i'm not I, I was all in as a seminarian which means i didn't just like drink the kool-aid yeah like i wasn't a robot that said yeah. hey you have to do i actually understood and i still understand yeah. Yeah. why different rules exist yeah. why within catholicism it's the same for you like you understand why you can't tell an employee you love them right yeah because someone might take that as you right. know she's going too close and yeah. what's she like what's yeah. she, what are you insinuating boundaries, boundaries. boundaries. exactly yeah. it's a good thing yeah. right but yeah. i believe as humans we're meant to evolve past that yeah and if you stay within a framework if you stay within a, um, a mental structure yeah if you stay within that and don't allow yourself to be free yeah then i think you can never truly reach your potential yeah i mean how is it for you like as a therapist you know you've got very strict guidelines right about what you can and can't say maybe it's different when you're independent like you can kind of like knowing the. but don't you always kind of fear like hey if i say the wrong thing i'm gonna lose my license or no is that is that like yeah definitely i think you and i think you do a good job of like describing like this the structure is there for safety and it's there for good reasons and then yet it can become your cage um, and so I, um, am one for very much so like kind of pushing the boundaries in some ways, yeah. but also respecting the safety and the structure of the cage. So, um, you know, I remember when I was trained in counseling, it was like, don't, don't self-disclose, don't tell mm-hmm. about your life. If right. someone asks you if you're married or if someone asks you if you have kids or if they ask you what your, you know, age is, just, you just deflect it back to them and say like, well, what does that mean to you? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, and I, so I tried to follow those rules. And then I remember with one of the first, um, high school girls I was talking to, she, we were trying to relate and she was struggling with something mm-hmm. and I was trying to like help kind of her guide along, but she was looking at me as an adult and all this stuff and nothing, no tool, no clinical thing was ever as effective as when I told her the first day of high school, I ate lunch in the bathroom by myself. And I was terrified. Yeah. I was terrified and alone in the lunchroom. It was more kids in my whole school. I didn't know anybody. And I ate lunch in the bathroom. And you could see in her face, like all the like scales fell off. And she was like, oh, because it's like, oh, if you got through that, then maybe I can too. And I had all the tools and all the bells and whistles. And I, before I had sessions, I would read stuff and I tried to, but there was an authenticity of being like, listen like we all are like just trying to get through our thing and that's something that i um read in an interview about you that you believe that in people helping people and it's funny because i saw that after um that is something we have on on our company like our website stuff as i say we're not therapists helping people we are real people helping real people because i think in order to actually um ignite change and i don't think this is even just a therapy thing i think you have to be real and authentic i have found that when somebody says to me you know i just lost my mom or i'm struggling in my marriage or i feel like a terrible mom today i totally screamed at my kids and 
I feel terrible. Those are the moments that we really feel real and we feel like we can connect. Although we try to always put our best foot forward. And so I love that with you. And it just shows that it's glowing through your work, your ministry, and your business that you and your and your family life that you've been a success in all of it because you're dedicated to being authentic and trying to be the best that you can be. So I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. It's terrifying. I mean it's terrifying it to go outside, you know, I don't know how you felt when you shared that story with a young girl. Like yeah. you feel like you're breaching you know, you're breaching the boundaries yeah. and you're leaving this structure that has kept you safe, yeah. you know, and, and so it, it is terrifying um, to leave those structures that you've been used to. Yeah. I've got a book that I'm working on, which is kind of my, my story of freedom and the, awesome. the concept of uncollared and all those things that I had to yeah. break away from um, and be okay breaking away from. I'm a, I'm a closet nerd and so I've studied, <laughs> I've studied a bit of quantum physics and yeah. I love the concept of wave theory. So the synchronicity of waves, if you can imagine, you know, two waves that are kind of like this, when waves are going towards each other, if the, the trough and the crest don't align, like if they're opposite, uh -huh. the wave cancels each other out. Oh. So it, become, it flatlines, right? Because Makes it's like sense. you got the high yeah. with the low and the low with the high, yeah. so it cancels out. Yeah. If you have waves that are in sync, mm -hmm. which means that the troughs are at the same, the, the crests are at the same mm -hmm. point and the, the troughs are at the same point, those waves actually get bigger. Yeah. And for me, that is the basis of human interaction. Yeah. Like if you are a wave that is synchronized with me and yeah. that we're vibrating at the same level, then our vibration actually becomes bigger. Yeah. And so that Absolutely. authenticity to your point, yeah. it may seem ugly, it may seem imperfect, it may seem painful, but if we're there, then the connection between us is going to lead to greater things. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much. It's been awesome being a wave with you. Yes, I love it. Yes. Hopefully you've just got so many great things ahead. I will for sure be um, reading your book. And I love that you're just sharing your story of going from... The other thing I really just have to land on this before we end is that I love that you switched your career path and you switched your, your whole life mission, but you didn't make one right and one wrong. I love that you took it and you said, listen, this was right for me at this time and this is right for me at that time, but that's not wrong and this isn't wrong. It's just you're following your path. And I think that just speaks to where you're headed because the world just is in so need of like more authenticity and more um, love and just inspiration. So thank you so much for sharing. It's been a pleasure. Can't wait to get your book. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, feel free to check me out on my website, you know, davidyup.com. Um, awesome. I talk a lot about that and and that passion of always being willing to to explore. And yeah. you know, you're right. It's There is no right and wrong in that regard. Yeah. It wasn't the wrong path. In fact, someone said that to me the other day. I was in a conversation and he's like, oh, well, you, you, you clearly took the wrong path at the beginning. And I'm like, no, I don't see it like that at all. Yeah. It was absolutely the right path yeah. for as long as I was meant to be on it. Yep. And now the right path is here and now. Yep. You know, we don't know how much time we have. Exactly. I, I could walk outside and get hit by a car. Yeah. And my wife hates it when I say that, but I'm like, it's, it's reality. Yeah. All I can do is live truly, authentically me in this moment with you yeah. and, and let that be what it is. Yeah. And if that's the last moment I have on this earth, that would be amazing. Yeah. And so helping everybody to live that authentic version of themselves in every moment. Yeah. That's why I went from missionary to mission. It's awesome. I love it. Well, thank you again. Thank you. And this has been great. More to come, I'm sure. So. Love it. Absolute pleasure. Awesome. Anytime. All right. Thanks.